0: Alrighty, folks. You know the drill, right? When I gotta close at work. You gotta get a car cast. It's part of the deal. Finishing off uh, just under twelve-hour shift right now. I dig an hour lunch. The fact that I have to be in the same place for twelve hours. Oof. Oh, it does wear you. Probably I was gonna do it at home. Now it's coming to the building. Which the good news is I'm close to home, right? So I'm not sacrificing. A massive amount of time, nor gas. So I, I'm, I'm happy. Things are gonna be so much worse. Let me tell you that. So let me make your first lesson for today. Just be grateful for what you have, and look where you, how far you've come. I used to take the bus for an hour to get to work. Freaking bus. Send the back a bunch of hooligans. Now, why did I send the back? Because I like my back to the wall. I don't like people. You no, know, I don't. I don't want anybody to sneak up on me. Had a bad encounter once so I chose the wrong seat. Won't make that mistake again, for sure. Make sure my boys don't either. I uh, do It's, um... We'll chuck that one up to youthful ignorance. But I learned my lesson hard. Man, <laughs> I can tell you some stories of how stupid I was as a teenager, for real. Stupid. Cocky at the wrong times. Blind-faced ignorance. Other times. I mean, it's just, you know, it's... You know, the problem is when you're young, you think you know it all. And you, you really just, you don't know jack. My wife had posted on her Instagram that uh, being a parent makes me realize how stupid my lies sounded as a kid. And it's funny, because my, my kids would tell me stuff that makes just no sense. Like, you know, like, I'll catch them stealing candy. And I'd be like, you steal the candy? No. How come the rapper's hit under your pillow? Oh, well, my brother did it when he was asleep in the living room the whole time with your mother. Oh, okay. Now other times, my six-year-old, man, he's got some persuasive arguments. This, this kid, he might as well be a lawyer. Like, I just, <laughs> I got to start buying him comic books. I want to encourage his, uh, his love of words. I mean, it's, it's, uh, it's one of my strongest gifts. My biggest curse is my mouth. We talked about that on a recent podcast, right? I was saying I just talk too darn much. You know, I cut people off without meaning, so I have good intentions, but I do I do it stupidly, right? But let's get back to my back to the wall. So I like having my back to the wall. When I used to take my wife out you know, when we were recording, even now still, but paint painting a picture. I'd always sit so I could see the doorway. Like, we used to go to this diner all the time. Or when we worked to like we went we went to Outback, you know. It's um, I'd always sit so I could face the main entrance, right? Cause that's where those people are going to come from. And I always look for the exit signs because I wanted to be you know, smart. You know, the more you know, the more you can handle. You got to minimize your risk and everything, right? So, um, <laughs> and she's like, "Why do you always do that?" So, and her she actually had no concept why I was doing that. Even when we were in church, she was like, "I want, you know, I, I would purposely go to church later. I'd don't always sit in like the last or the first. want always be in the middle, in the backer." The mid-back rows of the balcony, mezzanine-type, that's on a secondary level. Now, there wasn't necessarily an exit from there that I could run back out of, but somebody would have to come in, they'd have to start spraying up, and they'd start looking back. I could probably duck between chairs, jump off balcony, tackle somebody. I mean, there was, there was just options. you know. I probably sound crazy and extreme to some of you, but there's just, you know, it's... You know, bad things happen. happened to me, and I've heard bad things happen to other people, and, you know, when you read the news, there's just people everywhere, and, there was a kid, what, like 22 years old, about what, eight months ago, he took out an active shooter in a mall with a, what, like a Glock 17, Glock 19, two, three shots from like 200 feet away? Kids in khakis in like a Coles button-down, you know, Oxford, whatever you call it. Some boat shoes, Sperry's, whatever. He eliminated the target because he had the right to conceal carry, and he was not afraid to use his weapon. Now, I don't know what guilt or remorse he feels for, you know, murdering somebody now. Maybe he feels none. You know, taking the life is not something I want to ever say that should be taken lightly, A, eh, And that I'm just, you know, I'm just John Wicking it up like, I just kill everybody for that uh, no. no, none of that. Is, no. But as we're talking about John Wick, I want to continue with our lessons. So we talked about a couple things, right? That John Wick did all this other stuff, blah, 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 and, you, know, you know. John Wick was uh, so thankful for the wife giving him that dog, that he killed everyone. He responsible for the dog and then those who would stop him because he killed the people who killed the dog. I mean, he was like... It's its kind of like... He kind of Sozi it actually. If you ever, like... if you ever watched... Shows, like, Kaisersozi... The, you know, the favorite story, um... Frobo Ken had about it was that, you know... He didn't just kill the bad guys. He killed their family. He killed their family's family. He killed people they owed money to. He killed people with them money. I mean, he was like, uh... You know, anything that had anything to... Anything and anyone that had anything to do... With the bad that happened to Kaisersozi... Was gone. Decimated. Out of my face. Nice watch, nice couch. Dave's no, piling it up folks, sorry. So a clip on YouTube, just a picture's face, I just was in the episode, I went right to it, but um it says these things stick in your head. So I'm hoping these lessons stick in your head, right? So we're gonna come back with the John Wick. So, uh, I wanna break this down like I said, I like the little segments, I feel like they're easier for y'all to listen to and I'm not like I'm not buzzing your time, you're gonna stop and come back to it later. Alright, so we're talking about John Wick, right? So one thing I want to discuss is uh, never give up. I think that his mentality was just I'm not quitting until I get what I want. I mean, this dude went back and took his mashed up car and tried to get it fixed. I mean, he got stabbed, shot, beat up, and he just kept going. At one point, he's like half running with a dog. You know, he travels across the country. He's walking through the desert in the third movie. Almost no water. I mean, he just he did not give up. When he meets the, he meets uh, the 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 one he's been seeking, the head of the table though voice above all the voices, whatever you want to call it, he's given an you know an option or two. <laughs> and you know, one of the one of the requirements is that he has to show a sign of fealty, shall we call it, you know, a sign of, you know, I'm I'm regretful and I will do as you order as you require, and here's my sacrifice to honor you. And it was wild. I think even for the people who requested what they were requesting, because I want to just one part of them for you, it was wild. But it's just utter commitment and unwavering will to not give up and seek what you want and get what you want done so that you may have your ultimate goal. And you need to pursue that in your life. If you want that woman, you pursue her. You pursue her hardcore. And I don't mean hardcore like porn. And for those of you down here watching porn, get it out of your life. This stuff is destructive. Destructive. Look at the many studies. Look at what it's doing to our kids and our youth. It's horrible. When I was a kid, it was something that people would, like, hate and now it's just like, oh, look, I was a porn star, not an show commentator, hey, no, I'm not trying to shame when you do what you got to do to make your money, but if you're going to reach the, the highest level of manhood you can reach, there's things you're going to have to abandon, and sometimes those little guilty pleasures, you're guilty for a reason, let's just be honest, let's not get these unexpected, you know, unexpected, oh, what do you call them? He's, just put it this way he, the scenario where the plumber comes in and next thing you know you're doing it that's not real life folks stop falling for the stupidity they're forcing on your throat it's making your relationship with your wife and your friends unrealistic my friends, I mean you might have female friends you think that, but they paint all these stories right they want to screw with your head best analogy I heard from somebody is like you know there's a bunch of fat sweaty men work, working around the clock these men who can't get laid and they're trying to control your thoughts about getting laid so they can control your attention you want those guys deciding for you sounds like a bad idea when you really think about it not to mention it's going to stop you from having that unwavering willpower that John Wick had because it really did down to that love for that woman that he left everything behind for but he stayed prepped remember someone in the garage he stole all his stuff his gold suits he stole stashes across the country across the globe actually you know he loved that woman he loved her in her death to death beyond death willing to risk his own death that is unwavering willpower and love now, I don't want to give you guys the, this uh, this mentality that I actually had until recently. Being a weekend warrior, you're not gonna. This will be your second lesson, I guess. So, being a weekend warrior, you are not gonna rise to the occasion. You're gonna false your level of training. So, if you're like, nah, bro, you don't understand when it you know when it hits the fan. My my you know my my endorphins. Also, well, the first time we, your endorphins, be adrenaline. They all kick in. I started shooting everybody. I'ma pick up people that are heavier than me. I'ma fight. You know, MMA fighters and winks my, my willpower no no you're not you're not when John Wick goes back to his uh, home when they're calling him John Donny right she's walking through and the guys are practicing wrestling on the mat she's like look familiar John remind you of old times because from a child almost he had been brought into this way of the warrior like Damien Batman's son from birth almost you know he was uh, the, the herd was cold and the herd being the, the negative ignorant habits that people have holy smokes there's a Lamborghini in front of me, folks. Sorry. But you know I like to comment on the cars, right? So they know why cut me off. Wow, yellow Lambo. I usually see Ferraris out here. I don't see Lambo. This is cool. His head sticks a mad higher than the part that's supposed to protect me flips over. Oh well. <laughs> okay, third lesson. Always riding a car that can protect you from the worst-case scenarios, right? Or just be Batman and have a Lambo. But like I was saying, it's, it's, you're going to fall to the level of your training. So, if you listen to my uh, my podcast, all that gear and no game. i was one those guys who won't buy courses, won't even won't even do dry fires with their weapons. Now, disclaimer here: I'm not a weapons teacher. I'm not a uh, or fomenting civil unrest. I just want us all to be men that can be sheepdogs and protect our family and help protect our great republic. Because yes, we're not a democracy; we're a republic. We're a republic. I pledge allegiance to the United States of America, to the Republic for which it stands, one nation under God. Repeat that a couple times in your head since it's familiar with you. Don't let them convince you otherwise. But you're gonna fall to your level of training. Dry fire, folks. I heard a guy who's uh what was he I forgot what it was, but he'd been a trainer for like SEALs, uh SWAT, special ops, all kind of stuff. He did been training, he'd been he'd been the soldier, he'd been the leader, he'd been the trainer, gone back into the war and come back out, and then did it with the cops. And he was like so many people who dress dry fire, keep almost the same level of quality. As the people who go to the range regularly. So his basic point was that you as a civilian, if you dry fire regularly with your weapons, that you can, and no disclaimer, there's certain weapons, read your handbook when you come with them. You're not supposed to dry fire. I have a nine millimeter Derringer. It's a double shot, right? Very small. It's concealable. I always wanted one, so I was a gift to myself when we came with some money. But um it's meant it's it literally tells you do not dry fire this. Do not fire without weapons. Not weapons, without without cartridges, as you would call bullets. So know what you're doing. That's another thing. See, and if you're not training, you're not going to know that. You're just going to be like, I dry fire everything, bro. That's not going to work. Here's the reason you want to dry fire, too. Just a simple reason. You want to dry fire with your different weapons to get a feel for their weight, for carrying them, for switching. Let's say you've got an AR-15 in your hand, an AR-11 on your back, attached to your backpack. You're carrying your gear, you know. And you want to get used to switching from, you know, letting one gun swing from its sling, picking out your Glock 17, let's say your Glock 19, whatever you have in your waist, Bang, bang, bang. I did some dry fire. I took got a magazine for my waist. Put in another one. Boom, boom, boom. Okay, grab the air lever from my back. How do I get that? There's a backpack that turns into a vest. And while you flip it over, the gun's attached to the front of the vest. Where most people have uh, magazines and little pouches. Now, no matter how protected and how quality that is, you know how many reps you're going to have to put in to get that on you properly? You have to make good choices, folks. You have to train. Like I said, you're gonna to fall to the level of your training. You know and I was saying, In my... all that gear and no game? You bought a karambit, right? Cool. Do you know how to use it defensively? Are you just gonna stick it out? See, I th- initially, folks, I'll tell you another one. I thought a karambit was like something I would hook you with, like kind of reach out like a hook. And I started watching this video. I think some G N Funker tactical. I forgot something. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll try to tag him when I post this on Instagram and stuff like that. But um, it's pretty crazy because. He's shown how to use it, and the way he had, the way he was using it, was totally opposite of what I had in my head. I you know I, I thought, okay, curved blade, I'm gonna come in, slice. No, it's does a stick. Even the way I would hold it, I could do so many different options that I hadn't even thought of. Because in my head, I had this preconceived notion that I would whip my pocket and do something to give me some distance and reach by extending it out a certain way, with the curve point facing, let's say, out to the left or the right, depending on which hand I had it in. If I was left-handed, it'd probably be curved to the, to my, you know, to my inside, you know, to the inside of my wrist. So I would have had it curved to the right. If I was displaying it, display it, if I was going to use it for defensive purposes or offensive purposes, my left, my right hand, per se, it would still be curved inward, but this time it would be to the left. Now, you probably want to practice your dominant and your non dominant hand. So you, know, you want to do things like that. But if you don't practice, you can't do it. I had a friend, Javi, and what he was telling me, he said one time he was practicing, you know, how would you load it if you started running out of magazines? I mean, if you're run running, running out of hands, right? This one breaks your hand or you're get injured. Or you get shot in your, your dominant arm. So you can still shoot the other hand, right? Bang, bang, bang. But now you got to release the mag, right? So you got a button for that. You can get one out with your hand, right? You can put it between your legs, right? Upside down. Get the magazine now, push it in. But you still got to rack it. So what he would do is using the, using the sights on the gun, right? The included metal sights in the back. Practice racking that against, against his boot. So he would have the, the, the muscle memory to do it in the crisis, a movie, Den of Thieves, is a scene where the main bad guy gets into it, the main good guy. And he's he's basically not doing it. He's his boot I think he's just booping. Literally, same thing. Boom, boom, boom. Bang. 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 There's options, folks. You can do this. But you have to train. You have to train and train and train. John Wick really never fell off because he always was sharp. Why? Because he had done it so much. Come back and give you a lesson or two because so we're going to stop because I'm almost home. All right, folks. We're almost done with our second stone, with John Wick lessons. Here's another one you got to say. I talked about um, I think I kind of talked about it not exactly. I was, I, said, I talked about knowing how to stop the bleeding, right? But there's there's a there's a another way for that. You have to be willing to bleed sometimes. This is the this is the in Robert Greene's book Forty Laws of Power, he does this all the time, where he talks about you know the way you got to do things and how you do things, etc. And need to do things, you know the the, the the way to do something and the reversal so if the lesson was never take despise a free lunch you would you know never take it. You know, if someone's offering to buy lunch never take it or split the bill do something and if the reversal is when should you like the one time the king offers you, you don't take it it's an insult because of their culture or something so in this instance where the difference is you have to be willing to bleed sometimes literally cash wise figuratively most entrepreneurs fail right let's just be honest out of 10 restaurants that open in one year five will be closed at a minimum and five years and then, one, maybe two are still open. The average entrepreneur fails about five to seven times. I might be wrong with that number. Before they get a business running, right? Are you going to bleed some cash? Are you want to bleed literally? <laughs> Let me give you an example. So I was putting cartridges in a magazine, right? And the magazine had to be metal, so the edges hurt like heck, right? I actually, like, I had, like, almost, not a blister, but I had, like... My skin was raw on my thumb because I was doing different sizes. I was doing... Two, two, three, and I was doing 9mm for different different pistols and rifles. And so I was like, oh man, this hurts, because so I had to put them in, and I didn't have a speed loader, so I finally bought one. And Glock comes with a loader, but I was loading a Taurus, and they don't have the same size clip, they don't have the same distinct features. It's around the same size the Taurus G2C I had, compared to, let's say, um a G43 or g 43 G43X around there, just paint a picture. There are out to, like, I think a Taurus G23 and maybe even a G24, there's a GC3, I think, also, so I believe they've been the national maker for Brazil. They make all their weapons for Brazil's, like, army, military, and I think maybe their police. So it's a decent brand. Lower price point to get into. And at one point, I was going to get into something more concealable than my other block. And I didn't think I'd be able to find one because the market, you know, because of COVID was crazy. And I saw one on sale on top of a sale. So I was like, I'm going to get it, babe. And then when I finally got the 43X I wanted, I was like, well, now we have two. It's still useful, A. And B, I don't have to put this one to... My, I'll, this one on her dominant hand, not my dominant hand so see, for me being am, I have to plan to be ambidextrous with my weaponry, because why I'm married to a right-handed while I'm left-handed so I'm going to have to bleed my skills <laughs> literally, no seriously but you know, you're going to buy a house, you got to pour money into it right, you're going to build a business, you got to pour money into it advertising, products I see so you're putting your on building AR-15 equipment Sorry, folks, had to on, right? And you're like, yeah, I got this covered. And I'm making everything by hand here in America. American-made parts. Man, after a while, your hands going to hurt. So you hire three guys. Now all three of your hands, three sets of your hands hurt. But you don't have the money just yet. So you, then you take a heat lock out on your home and get the 3D printer. Now you're AutoCAD where it's cold. And only, like, one of your hand hurts because you're doing product testing. And you guys rotate because, you know, they're 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 not partners per se, but they got to share. So they you all have a vested interest. Plus, you're all pro-America. So you want a made America company to grow. Because you live in our republic as well, right? So put all that icing on the cake and you're like, dang, this thing hurts, bro. My finger. Ow. Like the quicks it hurts you to keep pushing. In the movie, how many times have we John Wick running with bullet holes and bleeding? I mean, he came out of the doctor, going to the library. Hi, Ernest. It's too early, Ernest. Oh, no, no, no. Dead is dead. And he took his book and he finished Ernest off. So let's get to another lesson because I want to end this because I want you guys to enjoy it fast. I might do a third one. I've got like 10 more lessons, but I want to see which ones I feel are really useful. Not just like anecdotes I thought of, but (laughs) I read something interesting the other day, and it said that um if God had out Lord Rocks after Cain and Abel, David would have never beat Goliath. Let me say that to you again. In the biblical world. Cain killed his brother Abel. They were the sons of Adam and Eve, the first two people on the planet. First two children born after they were, their parents were kicked out of the Garden of Eden for biting from the forbidden fruit, breaking God's one rule. Now they would no pain, they would no death, man would no torment, the woman would no pain in childbirth, and their lives would not last forever. So, Cain slew Abel. Because his gift made him look in, his his gifts look inferior to God, right? And if God would have said we can't have any more rocks, too many people. If we can save just one person, I gotta get rid of all the rocks. We have no concrete? I don't know. Would we have roads? Not till we have them. So the argument there that you know, oh well, you no know, guns, kill people, we can't have them. I gotta you with a pencil, I can assault you with a stick. I'm just, I'm being a jerk right here, honestly, I'm not going to admit but let's get back to that, so David knocked Goliath down with a rock, but then if you listen to the, what we should read, he shoved, he thrust the sword into his chest and finished him with that little rock in that little guy's hand, now David, who's Andrew Wilma, he went to where the battle happened, right, historically, and then he looked at it, he was like, he was like, oh, this is crazy, he's like, because he didn't even mention the cubits. he's like, so David was like, let's say, five foot even, and Goliath was like, I don't know, whatever it was. Like, let's say seven cubits. I don't know what it is, but I think it ended up being like nine feet down near. And muscles. So you're going to fight a guy who's like double, triple your size. That, that's scary. You know that That's, uh, and, and not to mention, you're a child. You're not a full-blown warrior, but you're called to do something. So you got to do it sometimes. And with God, yes, all things are possible. So maybe a weekend warrior can be a winner, but you should still train. But where I'm getting with this was that John Wick fights Ernest. This tall dude alive who's got this big knife. Like, I was talking about last one. It's just long. But he killed him with a book, folks. The book. It was a thick book, but he killed him with a book. It wasn't an assault book. It wasn't a book about assault rifles. It wasn't a book on how to build assault weapons. It was some Russian book that he'd hollowed at the inside and hit him a picture of him and his wife that made him happy, some gold, and a ticket that bought him a favor for his people, and his original people, shall we call it, his tribe, whatever you to call it. So he uses his book to hit the guy, he uses the book to block, but he doesn't let it go. He does not let go, he holds on to it for dear life. And after hitting the guy in the throat, after putting it in his mouth and hitting him there, hit him in the face with it, hitting him in the junk, he hit him in the junk, folks. He did all these things, Just straight dominated this big dude, big dude, wasn't, wasn't massive, but was still like a foot tall in him, and was also another professional killer. He puts the book on the table... After he gets the guy almost, like says, "Right, box." I think he boxes his ears, hit him a couple times, whatever. He puts a book on the edge of the table, right, standing up. Bends the guy over so the guy's neck is on the book, so the head is on one side of the book, the body is on the other, right. And he brings his arm and bang, and he breaks his neck using the book. Done. And this is after being shot and stabbed, running for his life. In the prior movie, in the start of this movie, so I think this is this is beginning number three. I think it's the third movie. I don't remember, but you watch in order, the folks. They're good movies. We're anti-violence i I don't want to tell you it's just it's I need to be careful what you put in is what you put in is what you put out what you get out but it's something about the movie man it's, maybe I'm a hypocrite you guys can catch me later but with a book he killed him with a book something small can be your biggest victory folks and sometimes your smallest victory is going to be your biggest one because had he, had he not held on to that book he would not have had the ticket and the extra gold coins he needs, and seeing his wife also give, I think, a boost of energy. So let that be the final lesson: is that your small victories can be your biggest ones. And for those of you guys who are followers of my podcast, the small things you tell your kids are going to shape who they are. Tell them your problems. Tell them how smart they are. And here's a non John Wick related lesson, but a lesson I learned from: I did therapeutic crisis intervention training. For every eighteen negative things you say to a child or a young person, it takes for every one negative thing you say, it takes eighteen positives. Every time you hurt your kid's feelings, you're... now if he did something wrong or something ignorant, that's one way. You know, let's say you call your kid stupid for not, you know, why are you so stupid? You didn't listen to me. All you have to do is do what I told you. You be doing your homework. You're not gonna tell him how smart and how wonderful he is 18 times before it's fixed, on average. That's an average too, by the way. You gotta be the John Wick of parenting, too, folks. John Wick walked through everything for his wife. Killed everyone over a dog. Are you gonna have that same resolve for your kids and your wife and your business? Are you willing to walk away from everything? I've done it, hard as hell. Still think about it most days. Every time when I have dreams, I'm back in New York and I wait. I'm like, nah, <laughs> no, no. Just found out someone I knew for quite a while died again. Not died again. Another person's dead. And it's just a very sobering day for me today because you know I'm at work. And I'm trying to be functional. I was thinking, I'm like, man. So this dude was older He wasn't that old, and you know, his daughter was maybe like 12, his son was like 40, maybe 35, I don't know, like younger than his wife, but I think he had someone, he was like 20, and he was probably like 50, so his son would be like 30, let's say, and his wife's I think a little older than me, like 3, 4 years older than me, I think, if I remember right, we all grew up in church together, well, me and his wife grew up in church together, and I met him, you know, he started joining us, But know, well, that's the point, but, you know, it's crazy, because you can be here today and gone tomorrow, but where do you, what seeds are you planting? If I got off topic, I'm sorry, but, you know, life's hard, folks. And it, um, it's really something I was, I had spent some quality time with them, but not massive amounts. But I knew them well enough and knew their tribe well enough through the church. And I'd gone to church where he was a co-pastor, too, for a while, too, because my wife used to get medicine. and We couldn't go to an early service because we needed to go to a late one. And they had a late service. So we didn't want to stop going to church. It's just we needed time for her to physically rest. And, you know, it's, um, you know, it's crazy. My heart goes out for his family and friends. But I know he touched a lot of lives. And being a man, you should be. You know, my, my aunt at my grandfather's funeral she said, you know, his, uh, she was telling my grandfather, you know, he never darkened anyone's door. He was a man with a lot of words. He never darkened his door, and he always helped people out. You know, like people could just come to our table and eat. My uncles would eat their meat first because um, if they started me and putting gas came, my grandma would take it off. But share what you have. Teach who you can. Love who you can. Love on your family, folks. I know it's not on the John Wicky part. You could argue, but I would say it is because John Wick loved that wife and that dog, man. Look what he was willing to do for love. Converse, you could be Ike and then we'll figure out what love's got to do with it. First of the movie. Don't be Ike. Be Larry Fishburne, kind of, but don't be Ike. Oh, Larry Fishburne's was in John Wick too, huh? You liked the way I brought all that out, didn't you? He's also in the Matrix. He's also in Hoodlum. He's also in Deep Cover. That's right. And back then he was Larry, by the way. In Deep Cover, he was Larry. I have the DVDs. Larry, not Lawrence. Peace out. Tony at changeadvance.com. ChangeadAvance.com the blog pedagogyofthefresh.bigcartel.com you can still buy my t-shirts what else do I have out there? Let's see it. change in advance on Twitter, change in advance on YouTube my Instagram I actually posted a couple times today you can go to pedagogyofthefresh P-E-D-A-G-O-G-Y of the fresh so anyways, let me know what you think folks I'm going to do another job, we can try to get a little more greedy with it but um, I don't want to overdo it but I want to get into it, but then like I said, life is what it is so you get what you get from me let me know what you hate about this one, peace